Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have a great show planned for you today. But before we do, as always, remember to like and subscribe and share and check out our last episode, too, featuring Mr. Roy Hool. This is So this is episode 101. Oh, I feel We're like on a to the next. We're gonna be discussing <laughs> songs about dogs. <laughs> get get your paws on this get episode. Your paws on this one. That's not what we're doing. No, that's not what we're doing at all. But again, um, just to recap, yes, like, subscribe, all that stuff. If you can rate us on iTunes. Um, what we're know, doing is we have uh, dogs over here. And we're gonna rate them from one to ten. We're gonna we're gonna have our own little dog show. Get in the garage. We're playing death metal for dogs. (laughs) It's dog. That's what we're doing. Get in the dog garage. Um, Anyway, let's get in the the kennel. Get in the kennel. Uh, Let's let's get it started though. It's like uh, let's. Yeah, here we're fine. The dog pound. (laughs) Get in the dog pound. Wow wow. It'll be Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, Vanilla Dogg, Swamp Dogg. And uh, Lil Bow Wow. Oh yes, I forgot about Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> what, are there any other dog uh, dog artists? I can't think of any. <laughs> the I mean, DMX. He's half dog. He's half. He's half dog. <laughs> the good half. Only the good half. He's half pit bull. Oh, pit bull. There you oh, go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please. Mr. Worldwide. Please clip that. Yeah, let's please clip, clip it. That. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so to start off, uh, you know, we like to maybe do some things that are around in, in the music news. Uh, Luke, do you have anything uh, for us to kick off our music news segment? I have breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, dude. Please, thank you. This is in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation director charged in conspiracy to sell to sell stolen Eagles lyrics. So, oh, you stole mine. I did steal yours. How apropos. Three people have been linked in alleged conspiracy to steal handwritten lyrics from. Um, um, Don Henley of the Eagles. The guy's name is Craig Incarati, uh, the curator for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's like the guy um, that helps like set up exhibits and stuff. Um, so supposedly, here's the story that went down, is um, this guy back in the late 70s was supposed to write this biography on the Eagles, um, and he got this stuff, and he stole it, and it never got back in the hands of Don Henley and the Eagles. Um, and it's all like the handwritten lyrics to like the Hotel California album. Um, so it's like, you know, worth a ton of money and there's a lot of cocaine pressed into that paper. Don't you know it? <laughs> so you life hide just from holding it. <laughs> life in the fast lane. This dude says he bought it from that dude and like he's like, I don't have it, but he's also trying to like sell it at auction and he doesn't know where it originally came from. So um I actually think Don Henley wants us back. Mm. Um and he's actually pretty quite litigious as um Oh, a quick, very. A quick Google, this, Google search would tell you. We should probably stop talking. This might be pulled from YouTube. <laughs> Don Henley, I see you. We love you, Don Henley. The Boys of Summer, one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, but you can't never leave. So, 
that yeah. happened um and that guy's like i didn't uh you know get these shadily so um they're really going back and forth and then after glenn fry died he was like i got them from glenn and then the, everyone's like come on man like you can't say like right after the guy dies he's, you're like that's where i got it from the guy that's dead the perfect crime so um <laughs> one might say you know stolen eagles lyrics uh, and uh, someone's in jail. It's a uh... yeah. I I saw that headline and I was also just like, who ca- who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, it's like who? Ga- yeah, thank you. It's who gives a shit, but also well, it's fu- it is this funny, is why I'm like, funny. who gives it's a funny. shit though? Because I'm like, you're gonna pay 1.8 million dollars for the lyrics to Hotel California. Like, it's a good song to uh, to some people. <laughs> it's, it's just no like stairway. It's just like I don't know. It, that seems like a lot of money for like something kind of like. That just is like a museum piece anyway. Well, that's what it is, though. Yeah, because yeah. the it's world like, of NFTs. What do you do when you shit? own it? You like you take it out and you're like, you don't take you're it like, out. That's those are it. No. Do you laminate? Those that? are the lyrics to Hotel California. You highlight you f- it. You're no, you your favorite. You probably put favorite. it in like a like a frame. <laughs> some kind yeah, of frame. right. Some sort of. But you need it. You, you know, it's gonna disintegrate eventually, man. You need to put that in a climate controlled vault or something. <laughs> God they forbid. Need, they need to put it underneath the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, the guy that buys it like goes home, takes out his copy of Hotel California, just sticks it right in the sleeve. Like, yeah. there it goes. Sticks just use it as folds into the record. Just use it as rolling papers. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you smoke a joint with the lyrics to Hotel California on it, that's how you escape the Hotel California. That's Nirvana. Oh, man. is that how it's? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how you leave well there well there you have it so if you have any information on uh, the whereabouts of the origins (laughs) where they were where the lyrics were found please let us know please let let that guy know let that guy yeah let him know so we can go back rocking in the hall definitely wasn't Glenn anyway uh, Jeff do you have any fun music news for us Uh, yeah um, Frank Ocean notable pop and R&B Hip hop singer released his uh, some new music. It's not really like songs, songs, but he released about a half hour of musical score uh, on his Blonded Radio, which is his radio show on Apple Music Plus. What's that called? Apple, whatever their version of Heart Radio Spotify is. Or... Yeah, I think it's I, Apple Plus. Apple pl- Apple Music. Apple Music. That's what it is. I Apple Music. It. Apple Music. Um, yeah, that's so it it's like streaming. a it's right, like a right. trancey electronic score, and um, it's like the soundtrack to a conversation about microdosing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Do you have Apple Music? I don't, but I do free trials every now and then to listen to it. things I want to listen to. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. Um, so it's worth checking out. It's also it came um, ten years after the anniversary of the release of his album Channel Orange, which was his studio debut full-length album so a celebration of 10 years of that album and uh yeah frank ocean hasn't released like a legit album album in six years but and should put his stuff on vinyl because it gets bootlegged like crazy yeah so get on that man yeah so check it you're out you're missing out on a lot of dough music. yeah a lot um, of dough so we talked about uh you know how like Kate Bush kind of had that sort of resurgence. We've got another Stranger Things making old songs famous again. Uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets is like mm-hmm. the latest 
song and, and Luke and I were talking about this earlier and how like yeah I it mean seems I've, like it didn't really I've watched okay so like I watch I don't watch Stranger Things but like when that dropped like I saw it on Instagram like the next day like the full sequence of it um it was really cool it was like well I mean I have no reference point of what's going on but it was really cool um it was like kid like playing a heavy metal riff to like summon some demon or some shit it was awesome. <laughs> Or some yes, or some shit. <laughs> right, like what was it? Hold on, I can. He does it as they are all starting to fight. Yeah, Vecna, who is the creature from the Upside Down, Iggy Pop. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like this is like this the is moment where everything is going down. The big build up, the whole season has been going to. Yeah, and um, I mean, I watched it, and um, I was like, I'm like, oh, I I wondered first of all if this was like a direct thing to like piggyback off the Kate Bush thing but I was like mm. they have no interest in making another song famous for no reason so um but I watched it and I was like is it gonna happen again and to some extent it kind of did but like not really not in the same impact that that Kate Bush song like did that was like a huge song that like just happened now for people mm-hmm. and um I think Master of Puppets I was like talking to Mike I was like I think it already like happened for people like it's that- also a metal song so like how much crossover in current pop Correct. Can I have, right, so. right. So like, it didn't like really like have like that moment, but it, mm-hmm. like Mike said, it had a moment in like the metal community to some extent. So oh yeah, yeah. And, and in kids, you know, like the fifteen year old kids who are listening to Metallica for the first time, and it's a badass um, scene, and it's cool because if you go on to streaming and you find the Stranger Things season four, I believe it's like compiled as a playlist by Spotify. Um, they have that mix that's on the episode which mm. is like different mix like there's different stuff comes in and out and different builds so it's cool to check that out because oh, right they on. didn't they didn't he didn't just like play over the track from 1986 they yeah. like re- remixed it and put different things in it so did you yeah. also see the tiktok james hatfield i was did? just gonna say i did yeah of course yeah yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i'm you know i was just surprised he was able to you know <laughs> did you guys see the tiktok of uh, Scott Staff from Creed, like, oh, doing <laughs> doing the like the guys like only singing the vowels to uh, with arms wide open. He's like, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Scott Staff like mimics it to itself. Uh, he looks like he's doing well. He looks like he owns a vehicle. So I'm proud. Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. He could be leasing. <laughs> yeah, he's probably leasing. <laughs> like, a, let's not get it twisted. Lease to own, guys. Lease to own. Uh, so yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. I mean, I, I, you, you yeah. Know, do you lease or do you buy? Do you yeah, lease? Like, <laughs> let us know what you think about what Scott's dad. No, 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 no. Let us, let know, us what know what you think about Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, and the Stranger Things thing, and 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 also, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I I find like the metal community is so. You know, it can be this kind of like close closed it off. It could be like comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah, right. Yeah, because metalheads are, you know, they're like the, tr- you know, it's where it's, it's my old posse, every every genre can be will. like that. But. Yeah, every genre can be like that. But metal, you know, it's the you fucking sold out, man. Even though Metallica is the epitome of the band that quote unquote sold they out. They had an like, IMAX movie. They did have an IMAX. <laughs> Th- was it through the never? Yeah. Which it's like you just make a title that makes sense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Their answer. Never, never. Um, but I love Metallica. I mean, we, all the three of us, you know, we, in varying degrees, like have respect for Metallica and love Metallica and stuff. Check and out our Metallica episode. 
Yeah, we did we did an episode on Metallica. It's yeah, audio only. But it is we, audio we only. Get into yeah, it. but we do get into it. Yeah. So, uh, do you like Metallica? Let us know. Um, do we have any more music news, gentlemen, or shall we shall we move on? Um, I mean, Bob Dylan's like sold like oh did you did you hear that that record that Bob Dylan record blown in the wind? Because I I did kind of because I, I was like this is stupid, but I was gonna like bring it up anyway. But anyway, T Bone Burnett made an accelerate record. That sold at uh, it's a brand new recording of Bob Dylan doing "Blown in the Wind" from like last year. So like his voice is shot, and <laughs> thank you. And they made like a high. I, I'm a huge Dylan fan. Everybody, by the way. Yeah. So, um, they made an accelerate disc, like a high, um, you know, what hi-fi accelerate disc, and it sold for like 1.7 million dollars at auction. And it comes in like a black box, and it's literally a vinyl accelerate disc. It is one of the craziest things I've ever. Accelerate owned. disc? Can you? An accelerate disc is like a demo disc for like back in the day. Like if you were at the studio, um, yeah. you know, in um, uh, the Beatles get back. If everybody watched that, they'd be familiar with it. Um, when uh, they're like, can we get a disc of that? Can we get a disc of that to bring home? And they're they're oh, playing okay. them on the on the record players in the studio. They're playing accelerate discs of themselves and they're listening to themselves. Is that like a is that like a it's a, like, like a, um, a lathe cut into a, I believe like a, it's like a, a vinyl. I believe so. Something like that. It's something like that. It's like a it, they don't last forever like yeah. I, the old ones did. This is like a high functioning one that got sold at auction. Yeah. It's like a different thing. But um, yeah, they they weren't like meant to last forever. They're kind of like collectors items now yeah. if you if you have them. Is um, that um, Elvis's first record? Yeah. That he made at um, Sun. Sun. It's an accelerate. Oh okay. That's what that was. But so like this Jack was White a... released that a couple of years ago. So you're saying that this is a more this is a more recent recording. Yeah. Is that like from 2021? Is that something that is because I'm not really I don't really know I'm not is that something that's available on streaming as I well? I don't think so. I think it's it's only on this record that sold for 1.7 million. Oh, so it's like a one of a kind. Yeah. that this is this is kind of it. Because I was gonna say it's like for that much, man, to hear Bob, Bob Dylan just kind of grumble through some songs. Well, so Stop I thought Dylan. this was I thought this was yeah. insane. Um, uh, as for it like everybody. That knows and listens to the show is like I'm a I'm like I'm a record collector, but I'm like you know I have I have limits, man. Like I I don't buy stupid stuff like that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't spend that kind of money on stuff. One point three million dollars on a Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, like even to be like even to be like like it's a guy that's like I would collect like all those the high like it's it's so ridiculous. It's yeah. like your ears can't at what point you know you're listening to. Yeah. You Neil know, Young can hear the difference. <laughs> Yo, that P- Ponyo player, it's like Neil Young, you've played with Crazy Horse. It's, it's There's no way. You can't hear anything. You can, like, hear the sonic difference, but that's it. <laughs> like, I can, you can hear the difference between an MP3 and a record player, yeah. but any anybody can. Literally. Anybody. You're like, that's an MP3. Old that's a You know that? He, just a tangent. I watched, <laughs> saw an interview that Neil Young um, selected the mix on one of his albums by playing it through like stacks of speakers in a barn cabin <laughs> and he went out on a boat onto the lake like an eighth of a mile away multiple <laughs> records not just one record he did this for multiple to records. be like how's this sound on 55 12 inch speakers and then he'd from be a like, quarter mile away and, and then he'd be like fifty thousand didgeridoos and they'd be like what does it sound like in the car yeah. and they'd be like uh, take it out to the lake again. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, take no it. mix. 
He's he like, no, I can't the- talk right now. I'm in the studio. He's just in a canoe. <laughs> he hated the mix of Comes a Time so bad that he bought like the first like f- like gold like enough gold records of it, and he shingled his house with it so people couldn't get the mix of it. <laughs> Because they were like, yeah, no, that's a madman who wears a. They were pot like, no, this There's... is going out. This, it's done. It's going out. Fine line between. And he was like, this is going out. So he called the distributors, bought like hundreds of copies, and then shingled his house, his barns and houses. Oh my with god! Them. Yeah, we were talking uh, earlier this week. You know, like cause oh. we like to, we like to, you know. Also, talk about what albums we're going to cover and stuff. We were going to cover the Neil Young record this week because it's the bigger, like, it's probably the biggest release this week. Yeah. Like, like no shit. It's the biggest artist release this week. And we don't have, we, we don't, we have Spotify. So I don't we have could Pono. not listen to the newest Neil Young release. <laughs> or title or and we trying. can't tell you what it sounds yeah, like. But he's only, and I think he's exclusively Amazon Music, right? I think so. But like, um, I'm just gonna say here. I don't think he's on any other streaming. Like we don't, we usually don't get Amazon too music. too political on this show. But like, if you're gonna tell me right now that Spotify is a better company than Amazon, who has their employees pee in bottles, then <laughs> I mean, I don't know what. Like what newspaper? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're all they're all guilty I'm just, of something terrible. Yeah, so pretty much I'm just upset that we really couldn't cover the Neil Young record this week because it was a record I would have been interested in cover because I care about that record. But yeah. I'm probably not going to listen to it now. So there yeah. you go. We had to put the old crazy horse down this week. <laughs> <laughs> crazy horse has been sold to make glue. I'm, I'm a bit salty. I'm a bit... Hey Neil Young. <laughs> You know, but can we just be honest? Southern here? man don't need you around anyhow. Listen, also can, big Neil Young fan, guys. Yeah, big Neil Young. <laughs> that bottom cube is like all Neil Young. Listen, Canada's great, but here's the thing: is it's you know I did find out like if you want to talk about music news, you know who just went back on Spotify? Crosby, Stills, oh, and Nash. I was, I was hoping you were gonna say Joni Mitchell. Did she? No. Oh, okay. I, I checked didn't. the other day. Did you? I'm waiting. Were for you the feeling girl. blue? <laughs> it's, I wanted to listen to Hygiera. Oh, mm. broke. Yeah. Coyote. Coyote. We just come from different circumstances. I don't have the same energy for you, Joni Mitchell, because I like you a lot more than Neil Young. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You don't like Neil? I love that warbly voice. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the main section of <laughs> yes, our show. Thank you. Um, this uh, this week marks the 50th anniversary of one of the one of the classic movie soundtracks of all time. is by Curtis Mayfield. It's a soundtrack to the film Superfly, which was released in August of 1972. the The soundtrack album came out a month before it, I believe, on July 11th, 1972. And Curtis Mayfield is an R&B singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, producer and he uh this this is in the pantheon of album of uh, movie soundtracks, movie scores, movie albums, however you want to find things alongside things such as Purple Rain by Prince, the Shaft soundtrack by Isaac Hayes. Um it's always like on the list of ones to check out. Um so we listened to it and we're going to talk a little bit about of our uh, thoughts on it. Is Was this new to any of you guys? I, I mean, I've been listening to this for 10 years, I, so. Yeah, no. This, I is, think we talk, this has we, been I, like a constant rotation for like in the past mm, like five years. This is just a great album to just throw on and just have on. Yeah. Just when with whatever you, especially summertime. This is a great like summer, summertime yeah. listen. Like this is a lot of wah guitar. Hot day. Um I think we covered yep. this at one point. Uh, I can't remember when we covered it, but we do have an episode where somewhere in the this? backlog where we talk about this. I can't quite remember what it was for, but we did talk about it 
at one point, I believe. Perhaps. But um, um, but it's it, there's a lot of from what I saw there's a lot of comparison between this and Marvin Gaye's What's Going On because it's kind of concept album esque. Mm-hmm. It's socially conscious. Socially conscious. There's where like you know, the movie plays where like it just tells the story of like the drug dealings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Mayfield like plays the um like the moral conscience mm-hmm. of it and like says like everything morally like that should be going on. Um, like that plays against the movie, um, a movie I've never seen. So before we get into that, me neither. Uh, directed by Gordon Parks, and you know, very notable black exploitation film. But that's a genre I have. I've never watched. I don't I've think never any, even seen Shaft. I've seen. Yeah, I've um, never seen Shaft either. But we've. I've it's seen, like funny because you've listened to the album how many times? Yeah, right. But you never like the movie itself, right? Is, I've seen. What is Foxy um, Brown? I've seen. No wait, was that the first Pam Greer one? Do- I've seen Dol- Dolomite. Dolomite, I've seen. Yeah, Dolomite's the only one I've seen. I've seen Dolomite. Is that what the movie is called? I think so. I yeah, don't I think, think so. so. Yeah, yeah I, think Dol- so. I think it is I think Dolomite. The movie's just Dolomite. Yeah. What What were the two Pam Greer ones? Foxy Brown and Oh, I don't know. Hold on. <sighs> she has another big one. But this mu- anyway. the music in this is it's definitely like funk, um, mm-hmm. soul music. Curtis Mayfield sings in his uh, famous falsetto voice. Um, this, notably for Curtis Mayfield, is his only pop crossover number one record, mm-hmm. and really probably his only pop crossover as a, like a solo artist. Um, in the impressions in the '60s, uh, he did have some like crossover pop hits. People keep, get ready. Yeah, keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff, but. This, like as a solo artist, he never really broke through in that way. Mm-hmm. And for this album to break in that way is interesting because, um, I mean, it does have the social consciousness of his other records, but it also is just like plainly very, very has long fo- like funky passages in it. Um, and to that point, too, <laughs> I, can't, I can't see any. I remember anymore. the answer, so you need to look up. Oh, okay, what is it? Coffee. There you oh, go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> to, the, uh, to the other note of that. Um... <laughs> Let me put on my specs. Sorry. I can't see anything anymore. God damn it. And to, to pause real quickly, when you say crossover, America at large, especially early 70s, very divided black and white. Because Curtis Mayfield in black community, he's like one of the guys. It's like Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder. Like those were the guys right, of right. the 70s that were. Yeah. And. For even, you know, for me as, like, mm. uh, a white kid, like, mm. I was telling before, I had this record when I was, like, 15. Somebody gave it to me in, like, minty shape. Mm. And um, I had no idea who Curtis Mayfield was. Mm. Had no idea. No clue. No reference at all. And gave the record away, I think. I don't even think I sold it. And, um, and this is now my dollar bin copy without, like, the flap over. It's, like, pretty beat. But, um, you know, that's my kind of, like, coming at it. The another really interesting thing about this record um, that I didn't really realize until I was kind of doing research for this um, was uh, the use of the N word in Pusher Man would kind of be the first time it was used in a pop song to convey um, not the harshness of the word, but the um, how would you how would you Ca- put that casual use the casual and, use of the yeah. word, which. Um, I mean, I have nothing to say about that in any front other than that's interesting. I thought we were gonna do it ten minutes on this. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I have nothing to. I have nothing. Just really, kidding. What do you have to on. say about? It? I mean, I have, I have nothing to say about it. But I think that's interesting as yeah. a um, art piece, not like as as an art piece, but as like a um, as to say in his art 
into oh, like yeah. maybe make that word less negative for his mm-hmm. uh, own community and like use it in that sense. So um, I thought that was very interesting, and I never like realized that when listening yeah. to it. And, th- and then you go, "Oh, it is." And then um, because the other one that was pointed out, and the thing I read was um, "Sly and the Family Stones." Don't call me. Sure. Yes. And off. I think another one is um, is uh, I think it's Gil Scott Heron does every blank is a star. Yeah. Which is another no. Oh, uh, okay. That might be Gil Scott Heron. It might be someone else. But yeah, yeah, to use it in like they were using in like the don't at least like Sly was saying like don't, mm. and then yeah. this one's in the other connotation. Yeah, it, like flips it. Yeah, yeah. It shows contemporary, you know, like how how people really talk, and yeah. especially inner cities, black communities, etc. And then so, lyrically, yeah. this record too is, I mean, he's you know the like you said it has like the what's going on thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it has like the personal names of the people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's got great great like i don't know what the instrument is that's like guero guero got like that all over it it's very like hip-hop centric like it this is like yeah listen to to that it's sampled for days in days like everybody has sampled the crap out of this record all the sound effects all like the little things going on Mm -hmm. um other interesting fact this was recorded in four days which is and oh, wow. it was all live except the vocals. So mm-hmm. every take on here is just a live take in the studio. So every single instrument mm. is every single instrument. Yeah. Which is fascinating. So there could be thirty people in there. Yeah. It's a full orchestra always recorded at the same time. So mm. No way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. No shit. So very cool. That's really cool. Very cool fact. Gotta know your shit, man. Yeah. Don't yeah. step in here and fuck around. <laughs> We're on company time. <laughs> We're on company time. <laughs> So, uh, so we said it earlier. So, um, you know, Shaft or Superfly? I'm a Superfly. Uh, it's just purely soundtrack wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the movie. I mean, like the soundtrack itself. Superfly like, what all day long. Yeah, what I said uh, uh, before we started rolling. Um, I've listened to the Shaft soundtrack more, but that's because I put that on as like I sometimes put on music, uh, movie scores as mm-hmm. background music because I, it's instrumental. The Shaft album has, I think, only two cuts that have any vocals on it, mm. whereas this is vocals on everything. Yeah. So it's very different. If I am going to choose, I would choose Superfly because it's a little bit more interesting, and yeah. that everything is a real song. And right. You know. So if we if we break it down further, then if we're talking about like great movie soundtrack albums and everything, Superfly or The Harder They Come. Oh, I was going to say The Payback. The Payback. Oh, James Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hard Way of They back. Come is... Uh, Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff, yeah. yeah. Another great one. But that's not like a full soundtrack. Not that, that's, that's, a, that's like a compilation. Yeah, it's a compilation. Yeah. But I'd, it's say, it's more, I'd say it's more fair to, to wrap that up with the James Brown one. Okay, all I'm right. St- I'm still going this one. You're still going Superfly? Even though yeah. that James Brown record is fire. Yeah. I mean, this... And Superfly is like, not only when you talk about movie soundtracks, but just albums. Like, this is by, by most people considered to be Curtis Mayfield's best album. Mm. It's not my favorite. It's, but his, it's top three. I think it's his third album, right? I think I read. It goes third. Curtis, Roots, this record, mm. right? Back to the World. Then Back to the no, World. No. Curtis is my favorite of his solo releases. Curtis releases, is but, also my favorite. But um, this is great. Do we have fav- any favorite 
tracks? Any standout ones? Oh, Pusher Man all day long. I'm a sucker for yeah, the, the I big love, single. I do love Pusher Man. It's a good one. I like Freddy's Dead. Freddy's yeah, Dead is also a single. Really good. And the title track, Superfly. Yeah. Which is very shafty. Yeah. 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 You like horns. You like wah-wah wah guitar. You like... Kind of sing like this the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, check it out. This like has like all the um, like all the great um. It's like the it's like pre disco. It's pre disco, but it's got all the great like of modern R and B that like does now. Like this is all the touchstones that, that they're yeah. touching. Like this yeah. is all this is the cornerstone of all that right, stuff that right. modern R and B is doing. Like singing in the falsetto and all that. All of it's right here. So yeah, so check it out and let us know what you think. Do you like this album? What's your favorite tracks? Let us know. Um, all right, shall we take a quick break? Yes. We'll come back with some new uh, album reviews. All right, we'll be right back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Get in the Garage. The music podcast. For music lovers. This week we had two new album releases. We're going to cover the latest album, Wasteland, by Brent Fayez. 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 Fires. Fire fires. It's like fire. It's yeah. like fire, but cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's like when I was saying foils all week. Cool fire <laughs> yeah, foil. Foles. Anyway. Brett um, Fires. Brett Fires. Also, uh what's his actual name? Christopher Raw, I think. Is Mike name? comes in. Mike comes in. He's like, "Yo, you know that's not even that guy's real name." Jeff's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, no shit. Neither is Biggie, bro." The notorious Big is not on his birth certificate. What? <laughs> you legally can't have the last name B I G. But it's like, like Luke said, though, it's like you're gonna pick, a, you're gonna pick an alternative name, and you're gonna make it like hard to pronounce. Everyone, I mean, not and then everyone, Jeff goes, but... "It's fire," and and I'm like, Fires. "Oh yeah, oh yeah." I said to hear someone say it. It's yeah. artsy fartsy. Anyway, so anyway, his second release, his second release, a sophomore album uh, that was come to find out, very, you know, very sophomore, entitled, very entitled sophomore. Wasteland. I would call it elementary. <laughs> um, uh, um, so there was there was quite a bit of hype going around this record. Uh, you know, Luke and I kind of saw it and we're like, "All right." let's like let's go for it you know and then upon some further research and stuff it, it seems like it's uh it, it's a pretty it was an anticipated album um so the thing about this record like the whole thing about this record is this dude was like a producer like kind of working with some other people bigger stars artists this is an independent record it has um it's you know pretty much his own thing um no big like record company push behind this um and it has features from tyler the creator uh alicia keys drake and the neptunes on one track uh which has been out for a while but um either way it's on this record and uh juni i don't know who that is but um and trey and emily trey what's this last one how do you say that Trey Amani. There you go. So, um, it has a lot of features on it. Big features on the upfront uh, top half of the record. It's independent. Um, so it actually nobody like we we are reviewing this record. This record didn't get reviewed by like any major outlet, but it got mm. covered by every major outlet. So I don't know if that was like a um, industry like thing to be like hey don't review this or like i don't know but every rolling stone covered it it got uh right up in variety um pitchfork had it on their front page of albums you need to listen to but they didn't review but they, it yeah, they hadn't they had or they haven't reviewed it yet i mean it, you know who still... reviewed it joe budden on his 
internet show. If, oh. you, want, if you want my somewhat my uncut thoughts about this record, check out Joe Budden's review. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it. I'll have to watch so, it. So this is like the mystery thing. So it seems like it's getting a lot of hype, and it's you know it doesn't have any push but its own. It's um, so let's get into the content of the record. It's kind of um, like that slow falsetto song R and B that's like lightly hip hop adjacent. Um, he sings, you know, in that like kind of that falsetto voice, like I said, it's kind of like the weekend ish. Maybe not falsetto, but he has he's just a higher, yeah, higher, and a higher yes. register. Yeah. It is very that's what it reminded me of, of like 2012 weekend stuff, yeah, not yeah. now pop superstar electro like dance shit, but his like I'm sad in my house by myself, like yeah. that type of shit. House right. of Balloons and Thursday, those those mixtapes from, yeah, maybe 2011. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So like the vibe of the record is kind of like, well, have Mike you describe like the skits throughout the record that uh that accompany in it. Yeah, it's so it, it it's it the way that it plays out in is is kind of like you know. It's it's kind of bio- autobiographical, maybe in a way where it's kind of like him. There's there's this story that's kind of interwoven within skits where it's kind of like, you know, the first skit is this introduction where it's like him talking to what is his girlfriend who is pregnant, who moves to Los Angeles to be with him. But he could see from, you know, the way that it's played out, like is like less than interested in her and, you know, he's unfaithful and he's much more interested in kind of like the side girls, the side girls and the the, um, you know, the pursuit of his own sort of career and his own musical goals and blah, 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 blah. Uh, at, towards the end of the record, things get dark where, you know, he's on the he gets a phone call from this girlfriend who says that she's going to commit suicide uh, and it gets really, really dark at the end. Um, but I will say this, and you and then know, there's a light dance track to finish. It there's off. like a light dance track to finish it off, which kind of like threw me for a bit of a loop. But the thing about this album, um, for me, is it's just like I don't like. I just it's the heaviness of the skits didn't underline with like music for me. Uh, this is just me. Yeah, yeah. It didn't under like the skits were like heavy at the end, like kind of throughout. Especially yeah, but definitely at the end, and the music wasn't as like didn't like seriously like underscore like any kind of like reason for like the skits to be there like mm-hmm. i get like if you want to like kind of put in like a thing of like your life but to make it like have like the tragic like it could have went that way thing or if that did i don't know whatever but um yeah it's almost like he wanted it to be a concept album but like didn't but it stick didn't, didn't stick the landing yeah almost. didn't stick the landing because like none of the songs have like all like that party boy flavor like that sad boy party you know mm-hmm. party sad flavor mm-hmm. um toxic um the toxic rap or toxic rock is whatever they're calling it yeah it's got that that thing going on but it's it kind of is like arrogantly like toxic you know what i mean it's not like it doesn't really have like the reflection and then in the skits there's some reflection but like not in the lyrical content of like the songs the songs are just like more of in the braggadocious nature or the like the poor me or like the man i can't believe i've done this again kind of thing um and that's fine, and like you know, I'm not down in on like if the vibe is the vibe. But for me, that doesn't work together. Um, one was too serious, and one wasn't. Um, 
where Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers has like the um, serious parts on it, yeah. where and it has like that some of that dialoguiness mm-hmm. of it, and that works <clears throat> ten out of ten because it has the um, a facing himself in the back and a facing himself in the front yeah. morally on mm-hmm. both ends of it. Where this, like for me, it's is moral. His moral compass is ambiguous to me, so when it gets to those parts, I don't really know. Yeah, and I'd... that's long winded, but like for me, that's why this record kind of. You know, I'll just make one more point, and then I'll pa- I'll pass the torch on to Jeffrey. Uh, there's one thing that definitely was validated in listening to this album, and it's the fact that I there are a few things that I am not a fan of when I listen to music. One thing, as you both you gentlemen know, it's the sound of like a fretless bass, circa 1986 or seven, which is Jeffrey's bed bread and butter agree to disagree but the other thing is is I hate the sound of people kissing on like a red like I hate that sound I hate it I hate it so much I'm not an ASMR guy and I hate that sound and that sound is like how often is it on here though it's in like one because there's one track (laughs) it's in one track but listen it's in one skit but one's enough for me man 140 seconds I hit my my limit because it's the whole thing is like he's in it's from what the picture that's painted in the skit is like he's in a limo with like his side chick or whatever he's on his way to the airport or something like that and they're like you know he's like you made me spill my drink oh She's like, that serves you right, whatever. And then they're like kissing and stuff. I just like, I just don't want to listen. I just want to listen to this. I'm good. What about the track on Ready to Die? Oh, that's what I'm. That's I hate that. Mike called me. Mike called me, and then I was like, Yeah, but what about like the Eminem skits? Uh, And and then I thought for a second, I went, Those don't really work for me either. Like, no, the Eminem skits. Well, the Eminem skits are like, like deliberately, like you know, yeah. So you can pass the torch to me, and I'll take a (laughs) (laughs) just drown the torch Um, out. I, I, you know, maybe out of the three of us, I like R&B music the most, or, li- or I should say listen to the most. Um, I think he has a, I think he has a good voice. And actually, like, I, I had seen, like, an interview clip of him before ever listening to this. And I was surprised that his singing voice, um, like, it, does, it doesn't match what I expected from mm-hmm. his interview and his speaking voice. Um, I think he has a good voice. I don't think there's like a huge element to successful R and B music to me is dynamism though. If you're not dynamic, if you're not doing some low and then some big and some, he's kind of he's just cool to be right in the middle and he's never going breathy breathy. He's never going full power. Yeah, there's like there wasn't like any full like out like bops on this record at I couldn't all. sing you I couldn't sing you one me- 15 seconds of this the one that, the song that had the most melody for me on this record was gravity with Tyler the creator but the beat yeah. the beat was giving the most of the melody right. doing like the dum 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 it was a great yeah. sub song that song rocked my sub yeah. upstairs it was yeah. cool it was a great like sub rocker that was like one of my favorite songs on this record but and I think the other thing is like the back so the it's not really a lot of hooks or melodies and memorable moments and the music is like that's not stacked up that's not driving it anywhere that's it's very you know it's it's present and it's it's some flavor but it's so it's so one note to me and it never gets like i need the i need the loud the soft the push the pull the quiet you know like 
I don't want to sit, especially for an hour and five minutes. I don't want to just be like. Yeah, it, the record right, sits in the same right. feel the but whole the, time. It does not really yeah. switch up feel. But to go back to like what we said, where it's like it kind of feels like the landing wasn't necessarily stuck. It's just like if you're looking at like contextually, like what the content is of the album, where it's like this man's like struggle with like fame and vices and money and like romance and his love life and he has this girlfriend who you know the 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 narrative the girlfriend who moves from la and all this it's like you have you have all the context the content right there that's like this could be a super like dynamic emotional moody sort that's of an not album what this dude wants to make but that's what I, but it's like it's it that was what was strange to me about it i guess that maybe the shortcoming of the record was it's just like you have all of the ingredients and it's just yeah, like, like it felt like you didn't bake the it's cake it's like if you yeah it's like you bought all the best ingredients and then like you forgot like you this know is, this you forgot a, the flour this or is something three, you know this is a three cell phone having shoe collection hype boy he doesn't give a fuck about writing his thoughts and feelings i don't think that's anything that he's going for no huh He's not the weekend. He's not Frank Ocean. He's not Drake. He's yeah. Well, for, he's seems, closer even, to uh, who's the guy? He's closer to Trey Songs, but Trey Songs is like veering closer to Usher, where it's like pure sexiness and sultry and and romanticism and right. Whereas right. this guy is like kind of <laughs> like cold and distant mm-hmm. and yeah well maybe you know mm. i was thinking, it's like though, it's that whole it's a it's a genre unto itself now it's that thanks drake it's that right, yeah. yeah it's that drake i mean thing. really though yeah but um all the songs that worked for me on this record had features on them same um, yeah all the of them Keys. all of them had features because the feature comes in and switches up the track enough where you get that mm. other at least another tone um what did we all feel about alicia keys rapping I was I like that tune because she raps on it. It's Controversial like, it, opinion. It's a I'm low. Not, I'm not really into Alicia Keys. Like oh. just in general. Yeah. Really. I'm a voice guy, and her voice does uh, like nothing for me. Really. Yeah. She does have kind of it's like a little a too middle... raw or whatever. Yeah. Like a little too unpolished or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. Um, her know. voice is fine for me. Her song choices like a lot of the time do, don't do it for me. Yeah. Because she doesn't have like yeah. a classic album. You know what I'm I saying? She has say, like a couple classic songs. Well, that first record was a pretty big one. Yeah, but it's not like with a Fallen and It's not like yeah, a te- it's not 10 out of 10 Dark Side of the Moon. You it was don't know big what song when, on yeah, it. Yeah, it was big when it came out, but also I couldn't yeah. name I couldn't name three songs on that. That's, that's yeah, exactly aside what from I'm that saying. one. Yeah. So, um Alicia Keys rapping, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It was cool. All the songs that have features on them definitely work better. Um the ones where he doesn't does not but, the track um, with Drake and the Neptunes wasn't bad. I dug that track. That, but again, you have three flavors on that track. Right, exactly. So, um, if this was all thirty, if it's like, if it was like a sampler collection instead of an hour and five minute record, if it was like thirty seconds, you know, it's like if I got thirty seconds of snippets, yeah, I'll go. Damn, this dude's good, good voice, and yeah. Also, but I can't. Three and a half minutes of it is a chunker though, isn't it? Like it's an hour and four minutes. I was gonna say it's like three songs too long. Tracks too. It's three songs too long. I mean, it's like four skits, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Jackie Brown, Roll Metals, Bad Luck, like all the songs. Like he seems like he tried to have like theme, but the theme came too late at the end. Like I saw, you were saying that you did a lot of like Quentin uh, Tarantino movies and all that, and that was kind of like worked in at the end, but like it was it's so vague for me. But um, anyway. Yeah. We kind of said potential. All we say. There's potential. There's there. definitely There's potential. potential. Maybe, the, maybe like, the next album will be one to to look out for. You know, it's yeah. definitely on my radar. We'll keep, we'll keep an eye on him for sure. And a, and a you know good voice. Yeah, didn't blow me away, but that's because of the songwriting. Yeah. What's the yeah. rating? Uh, yeah, Jeff. Why don't you hit us first? I'm just being honest. <laughs> 
I was going to say four and a half. I'll say five. You'll go five? Yeah, I'm just like, I'll never listen to this ever again. Yeah, I'll probably meet you somewhere there, too. I'll say like a solid. Eh, I'll go five and a half. I'll give, I'll give him another. I'll give him a point five. I'm going to go for five because I think somebody out there is going to definitely think this is a five and enjoy this record. It's for somebody. Um, shout They're going to think it's a ten. Devin, if you listen to this, what do you think? Yeah, shout out to Devin. i got to ask Devin about that. Shout yeah, out to Devin. Because I bet you he really likes this record. But um, yeah. it's a five for me. The songwriting is not strong, but it's not bad enough where I think like it's like terrible. So yeah. Yeah. five. Right on. Okay, well, on to the main event. <laughs> oh my god um, when you suggested this i was like and then you and then and then like four days passed you said well we can substitute something else i'm like i already spent an hour and fifth an hour and 15 minutes listening to this record to say it was a journey oh, <laughs> doesn't even begin to describe so any we, way i want it i just want it to be over i just don't need it <laughs> We are going to be talking about Journey's brand new album that just came out. It is entitled Freedom. <laughs> we we thank you for your 45 years of service, Journey. It was produced by Journey members Neil, Sean, Schwan, uh, Jonathan Kane, and Nuarda Michael Walden, the original guitar player yeah. of Journey. Um, no, that's a drummer. Oh, was it? It was a drummer. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, who's a guitar player? Is, Neil uh, Sean. Neil. Neil Sean. There you go. And Jonathan Cain's the keyboard player. Got him confused. Um, this record is a brand new record. Um, they recorded it during quarantine. They were not interested in making a brand new record um, at all, really. They had just kind of been doing that like touring machine with like the um, bands that mm-hmm. like you know go along with them. And during quarantine, they had downtime. They couldn't do anything, so they recorded this uh, remotely. Their singer, who lives in the Philippines, recorded his vocals in the Philippines. Uh, some of them were in L.A. Um, Randy Jackson added his bass last to the record. Did he add bass? I could barely hear any bass in this mix. Really? I thought it. this. Was, I thought it was a pretty good. Well, pretty, you listen they, to. I listened through fucking. Oh no! This. I you, I, I had pop in headphones. I only listened to this in headphones. Oh, I thought you listened at home. No, to get the full power. I found it to be kind of difficult to because I, I I I do a lot of listening in just one earbud. Yeah. I would suggest at least do both. Like, mm. don't do just the one. Cause yeah, because it's, it's a little. It's it kinda was difficult not to make a bass heavy record. I'll say mm. that it's definitely guitar heavy yeah. on on the mix and lots of synth. Yes. Yo, don't sleep on Jonathan Cain. He's the star of the show, man. He's no Rick Wakeman. He's Um, the star of the show. So the songs on this record, I think they're all pretty good journey tunes. Like if they came out and played this in an arena, all of the songs kick ass for an arena. They're all arena ready. For an album, they all have like two too many choruses so that they're all like a minute and a half to two minutes too long don't bore us get to the The chorus chorus. four times at the end of every song the chorus plays four to five times six times forgot it can go wrong the other way where there's too many choruses yeah there's like six choruses on the end of like every song which is like not really needed but um to the point that the songs really aren't bad is is pretty good this shit came out in 1981 there'd be four be big the, there'd be four hits on this, this yeah would be right one right. of the biggest me, albums of all time if this yeah, was released was, in the 80s i was talking to jade and uh she was asking me like oh well, what are you guys doing this week and i said oh we're doing the new journey record and she's like well how is it and i was like it sounds like a long lost greatest hits it's yeah. like if journey had a greatest hits record of all unreleased greatest hits <laughs> this is what this album feels like i think it's a little bit 
it's a little rough to start off. I think the first few tracks the are first a little three bit tracks are like, like kind of a little hard to like um still believe in or you know like don't give up on us is a good song still believe in love it's just they like, kind of like don't really hit their stride the middle of the record where um the some way of, we used to be yes that one that's that's a standout track to me yeah that's that one? the one that has the most ripping lead guitar. It's lead guitar solo from the top. It has the big brassy synth, like, down, 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 during the choruses. Yeah. yeah. It, that's, like, when the record starts to hit its stride. Like, right there at, like, that song, they all start to get, like, heavier and kind of, like, more mm. rocking. Yeah. Um, and I really like that, like, Let It Rain, um, a little couple songs after that was like almost like a little led zeppelin-y but mm. like also very journey-y uh just slower and heavy um and then holding on which i think was my favorite song on the record was like another heavy one that i really liked and it had like these really cool like turnarounds like down 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 like yeah kind of there was some heavier bits i i also like um arnell how do you pronounce it? arnell uh, pineda man pineda. he's a badass good he's great, great. He's i was ass off on this record i went and mm. saw journey with def leppard it must have been. It was probably like 2009. So Arnell was Early only in, in the band yeah. for a little while, mm. and uh, and oh, maybe it might have been 2011 because that's the last time I think they dropped an album was 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was. They must have been going on tour like to promote that record. Um, it this this uh, the thing I like about his vocal performance on this record is it kind of seems like he's like really like settled into who he is, his identity within the band. He's not. He's yeah, it's not, like this isn't like a Steve Perry rip the whole that's time. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't really the, okay, it isn't, the, isn't. the tonality of his voice is similar to him, you know, because it's kind of that's just cuz cuz that's how he got the gig in the first place was that he did a really really good kind of impression of him, right? Mm-hmm. But um I feel like he's really really dialed in on this record. Um and yeah, dude, the I mean, this is like a guitar hero like wet dream record too, though. Because like, there's actually really good guitar solos on this record. There's some like, killer solos. Ones that like I was reading a book and it, I was like, oh, I like perked my ears up. I was like, that was nice. Yeah, like, you know right, what I mean. Right. It was a it was a cool record because I didn't expect it's too long. Like, let's start there. Yeah, it's for sure. It's too. It's long. for sure. It's for sure way too long. It's an hour and like twenty minutes, right? Almost. Uh, just short of an hour fifteen. And I it's think. not. I mean, it's like seventy three and I, change. I would. I think it's fifteen songs. I would cut a song or two, but it's it's back to what we said. It, it's really like just trim forty seconds out of every song. Yes, it's right. not it'll every, add up. Enough. Every song is five and a half minutes on this record. Yeah. Yes, like, exactly. So that yeah. that's like the the major critique because all mm-hmm. the songs are really cool. If you're a Journey fan, it's really great. I just also wanted to shout out like having a uh, album called Freedom and a song called United We Stand on the same album. Salute. Um, Cause like, <laughs> this is the second time we've saluted. <laughs> just to throw Well, um, you have to. Um, so like I was talking to Mike and you know, I'm like, you know, why did Journey release this record? Like, we're going to cover it. We're kind of like, you know, we're, you know, giggling a little bit. Yeah, it was a little tongue. You know, like, it's we're tongue a little... in cheek because, like, the world really doesn't need a Journey record, but they made a record and it's actually, and they didn't really want to make a record before this. And for all of those reasons, 
and it's not bad at all. It's a really great record for yeah. Journey. It's if you're a Journey fan, you are going to absolutely love this record. It's modern, has all the great like mm. references to Journey, yeah. but it still has like that modern rock feel and it has like the like you feel like it might be another Journey song that you know like has the flavor of that, but it's not at, at all. And I think this is like you know, a couple things. It's like this is this is going to be now that the world is opening up. COVID is finally like you know kind of subsiding and everything, and there's bigger events and acts happening and stuff like that. I think this is going to be a great record for them to tour with because mm. people are going to. I would like play it. a lot of these songs on there and like really try to push it because I do think yeah. this is like a cool like. It's not like they put out or like I'm gonna say like crap on like a little deep purple here. They put out records that really aren't to snuff to what they were doing back in the day. This is actually up to snuff at what they were doing back in the day. It's, it's yeah. it sounds good. And they sound good and I think that like yeah, I, I think that like inevitably like whenever they go back on tour, I mean we've talked about it before a couple episodes ago, I think. You know, where there was video of Motley Crue playing and you see Vince Neil and he's just like It's like yeah, I don't want to hear a new like, I definitely don't want to hear a new Motley Crue record. No, but that but what I'm saying is is like at least this is a band where like if you go to see them, you don't go to see them and you go, "Oh man, this is rough." You know what I mean? It's like it's good. not going to be a rough show it's gonna be like all right cool man they played like the hits they played any way you want it they played all that they peppered in a couple of new songs from the new record to promote it they come out they bang out like a 90 minute set and you're like yeah journey sounded good tonight man oh yeah if i'm I'm making the live set for journey live acts roughly just about 20 songs usually you play the because there's 10 big 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 journey songs yeah and then you play two-thirds of this album yeah, I and uh, you, like I said, it stands up to the. It doesn't have like the classic, you know, all that connotation around the classic material. Mm-hmm. But um, it's they're great songs, great journey record. Yeah, uh, for the modern day and yeah, and we've heard records made by bands before. Um, granted, this is a band that only has. Um, I mean, for everybody except Arnell is like 65 to 75 years old yeah um but these guys sound great it doesn't sound like those bands that wait 10 years in between projects and then put out a thing and you're like eh, it's creaky and it's weird and it's auto-tuned and it's patched together and it's digital edited and yeah. it's like uh, this sounds like you know this could have dropped in 1983 and been like oh shit for yeah. that fact too yeah, the yeah. drumming on this record clearly all live yeah. And great, like the drumming on this record was like yeah. super fun to listen to. I yeah. was like, and I was like, this is live drumming because it, it yeah. perked my ears instantly. Yeah, and that dude's like sixty-seven years old. Yeah, yeah. great drumming. Neil Sean, he's been rocking since he was seventeen with and Santana. Randy yeah. Jackson sounds great. Randy Jackson's yeah. doing his thing on yeah, bass. Yeah. On bass, like it's. I like In case it. people didn't know that, Randy Jackson of American Idol. American Idol fan, fame, he was Journey's bass player when. Ross Valerie was the, I think the original bass player left in the mid '80s, and then Randy Jackson was the guy who replaced their original bassist for like a two-year world tour. Yeah, and so like he's not just like a dude being like, "Yo, dog, it was all right for me." <laughs> he like is a real working musician, yeah. and he was uh, he's a he's, session he's a, bass such player a good and stuff. Bass player, he's yeah. um, fucking nat- He does this. Yeah. The bass is low in the mix on this, but he does rip on this yeah. record too. Yeah. So all in all, so then let's what 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 are our ratings on this record then? Um, if we're gonna give it one. I'm gonna take myself back to pre womb. I'm gonna think I'm not. It's 1984. Mm. 
But even if I think of it as 2022, um, this is a this is definitely, uh, I would say a seven because I would skip five of the songs, but I could put this on with the greatest hits and Journey. I'm I'm no, I'm not just a cool dude. I like Journey. They're all right. Yeah. Like I put on that shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'll put on the greatest hits. So yeah, I say a seven. Yeah, I'll meet you there. I'll say about a. I think a seven's a yeah. seven, seven and a half. You know, I'm gonna go six five, but um, you know, only because like you know, it's like yeah. it's not something like I'd listen to. But if this is for you, it's, yeah, this is a great, well. You, I mean, record. Luke, you were even saying you were at work today. I was literally at work today because I had this conversation with Mike. I'm like, who is this record for? And then I was talking to some guy, and he's like, I'm a big Journey fan. And mm. I go, Oh, let me stop you. I was like, Have you listened to your Journey record? He goes, Oh my god. He's like, I love it. And I was like. Done. Yeah, because I like Done. Journey, I like Boston, I like Toto. Right, like, I Foreigner. Like, yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah. Because I like arena stuff that has some pretty heavy synths and keyboards on it. Mm-hmm. and Journey taking some Toto nice, out. Bi- some big, like, Ar- memorable choruses. Yeah, Arnell sounds great, man. And yeah, yeah I, would, I, would, I straight up would skip four or five of the songs. But, uh, my yeah. only other really critique before we go yes. is uh, the synth horns, man. Get, a, get horn, guys. There was a couple like synth parts on there that were like synth horns. I was like, you got, you could afford. Yeah, but they're like the separate ways type of. Synth I said you know? that to Mike because yeah. I, I, I was talking to Mike about it, and I was like, and I went, they are the keyboard rock yeah. band. So right. I was like, I'll, I'm kind of like, yeah, they slip, are the heavy but I'm like, synth. I was <laughs> yeah. like, come on, man, let's get some real horns. Get a real horn in there. Yeah, but let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I can't do you believe like I just gave Journey's new record a seven. Yeah, we're finally breaking. <laughs> we like it talked in. you we're into it. it. I'm finally yeah. a 65 year old boomer. <laughs> finally, finally, it's good to have you, Jeff. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Because it was um, it was a hard record to hate when you like started listening to it because it didn't have a lot of like stupid oh, hateable God, parts. I called him the the yeah. day when we decided to do that. I called Luke. It was like late at night. I'm like, man, this fucking Journey record dumb as shit. And then I listened to it in full, and I called him. Next day, I was like, "This record's not that bad, man." I <laughs> no, <can't." laughs> that's how I felt exactly. I was like, "Shit!" There was a moment where, like, "Fuck!" I kind of like this. God damn it! No, I didn't want. I didn't want to like it, but I was like, "Man, these guitar solos are really good, and like and, this synth work is killer, and like the singing's really good." And like we said, I think that the true testament is you could put this on a shuffle with the greatest hits, and it, it, it would it, fit in. It blend right in, right? Yeah, right. right in. Yeah, you'd have no idea. It's so like a, it's like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing <laughs> <laughs> record. Well, it's uh well no what's there what's the, what's that the dung beetle isn't that there? it's a the sacred flying dung beetles <laughs> yeah with that's... eagles wings I went on a deep dive I went on a deep dive of why is that their logo yeah you know what the answer is they watched the mummy no they. <laughs> They were whatever the first album with Steve Perry was. Mm-hmm. They hired these a pair of artists who did psychedelic uh, airbrush art, and the the original Flying Scarab logo was a an uh, album artwork that they designed for a Jimi Hendrix project that never got released because he died. Oh, no so shit. it was sitting in the vaults from 1971, and then so this album that was coming out in like 78. And they were like, well, we have this. Nobody's ever used it. And the, the Journey guys are probably like, that's rad, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it means. So wait, what's but that? it's like Egyptian and it's like mythological. Um, so wait, and then the every album, album then? since then has had the dung beetle, has had the scarab on it. It's a scarab. It's not a dung beetle. It's a scarab. It's a scarab. Is that the same thing? Infinity? I believe that a scarab is, is a type infinity? of. Yeah, 78. 
Um, the Egyptians. Yes, that is the first one that has it. The Egyptians worship them, or and then escape. If you look at escape. It looks like a spaceship, but that yeah, that one, the yeah. big big record. You're like, oh, I love this spaceship, and then you're like, wait, that's a flying flying beetle coming out of an octopus or a squid underwater. What, what does it happening? mean? I don't even know. <laughs> it's lit on fire. It's fantastic, though. It's so good, and you know, good on them. They found their logo, the scarab. Um, it's weird that Journey went it. with Egyptian art. I love it. Yeah, it makes no sense. It <laughs> it, it pairs well with like cut off jean jackets <laughs> does yeah i mean it makes sense with like iron maiden doing the egyptian thing because they're like a history band but iron maiden changes it on every record but that's what i mean yeah it's like they they time travel yeah iron this maiden. the the scarab in space with eagle's wings just i don't they I don't stay they stay in that in that priest i don't get it the prehistory yeah they stay in the prehistory anyway let us know what you think uh, also like and subscribe like, share like subscribe comment all that good stuff let us know what you think of the new journey album do you like it do you not like it um, so yeah until next time love peace hair grease love, stay red have a great week at school everyone we'll see you next week this has been a presentation from the wasted robot network for more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.